Welcome to TLC for the Soul podcast, where soul meets spirit. You have entered into sacred space. I'm your host, Tammy Lynn Chambers, and I'm here to help you shine. Now let's get going on this podcast journey. Hello, friends. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Welcome, as I get myself all settled in for this episode. We are outdoors today. I'm trying to sit in a shady spot. welcome you in for this week's energy story. We're continuing with the spirit guides of Tessa Locke and all paths lead home. Trying to check in on Dartmoor and Rutger and Jenna. See what's going on. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Welcome here. I'm excited to have you here. Sit back, rest a while. So we get into our metaphor story for this week. I've already seen a lot of things that are showing themselves to me. Um, I will share with you in just a moment. Kind of in a different little sit spot than normal. Kind of in the same area, but a different little space. If you're a returning listener to the podcast, welcome, welcome back. As always, you choose how you want to listen. Hoping you'll join me around the sacred fire circle as I wrap us all in love light and light love. Inviting in the spirit guides who would like to join me for this storytelling in this now. You can take your listening experience an octave higher. Invite in your own guides, totems, wisdom keepers, soul friends, departed loved ones. This is a great space for getting messages from your guides, from the angels, from passed over over friends and loved ones. You're in sacred space now, friend. You can relax, unwind. You are protected and safe. The fairies of the fire join us here in this space. And I have these, <laughs> this follower, this, this um, it's not mugwort, although mugwort is here in this episode, as well as the darn mandrakes that keep following me. So I see a root of a tree that looks very much like a mandrake root. I'm going to start taking pictures of these things and posting them in my YouTube shorts. So for those of you that follow the podcast on a different platform, like a podcasting platform, 
Um, oh, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here with me and that you're listening. The majority of the podcast is an auditory experience. But if you'd like a visual experience as well, then I invite you over to our YouTube family, little YouTube community. It's the same name, TLC for the Soul. And on Fridays, we do Freaky Fridays. So that's the visual part of the podcast. I do a video. And I'm going to be starting to post more just like shorter things over there. Just for those of you that are interested, we've been previewing some of the card decks and doing little card readings. And I will be doing more little shorts, just short ones, readings like 10 minutes or less. Um, And on my shorts, I've been posting kind of behind the scenes pictures or little short videos, you know, whatever, of um, things that happen as I'm out recording, like maybe the place I sat in or things that I saw as we were doing some of the um, episodes, so kind of behind the scenes. So I invite you over to YouTube if that's something that speaks to your heart. So right now I'm seeing something that looks like a mandrake root and two little red leaves that look like twin hearts. And I will share um, just quickly before we get into the energy story, because you know how I like my intros. And remember, the intro is also part of helping you to just fold into the energy of this now. And just by listening to my voice, hoping to relax you. The intent is that you'll, you know, relax and that energy will start flowing through you with these messages, the guides that are here, they're all only high, high, high light beings that join me here. And if there is healing that's needed and you're open to that, then you, and you, you just have to open yourself to receive, just set the intention, you know, I open myself to receive whatever healing is most needed by me in this now. And it's kind of like, um, if any of you are familiar with angelic Reiki, it's very similar. Like I don't have to do anything. I just, we just set the intention and we let the guides that are here deliver the healing that is most needed individually by each one of you. So you could feel it coming through your body as energy flushing through you out down into Mama Gaia. Or you could just feel like your spirits raised and feeling happy and joyful and all that good stuff. So what do I want to share? Oh, twin hearts. So I've been working on a twin hearts Oracle deck. I just, I don't know why I'm sharing this. I guess because I'm kind of excited about it. And I just, you know, I, I, I have to watch like my momentum because I got a lot of momentum into it. And then I kind of like, Meh. and then it's kind of sitting out there half done. So I'm like, well, maybe it's not time for the twin hearts deck yet. And when I entered into the Soul Lodge boot camp that I told you all about a couple episodes back for Raven, working with the throat chakra, which is also creational energy. The throat is not just speakings. I mean, it is. You create by speaking things into being, like setting intentions and speaking intentions and writing them down and all of that. But um, I felt very shamanic in that. I feel very shamanic whenever I enter into Pixie space, Pixie Light Horse's boot camps and some of her older teachings I don't really haven't really done as much with her more recently but um I started a shamanic oracle deck and oh my god I'm so in love with it I am so in love with it and in two days I'm already like halfway done with it um it's gonna be 44 cards it's called shaman's drum in honor of our shaman's drum healing series that we have here on the podcast And so hopefully, (laughs) um, if I get it through the deck, 
So here's the thing, and this is coming up, I guess, for a reason. For, for those of you that are working on your own magical creations, and then we'll get into our story. Um, I got really excited about it, and I, in one day I did like 12 cards or something, and then the next day I was like, oh, more cards. I love this deck so much. And I set the intention because it felt very Native in spirit, Native American in spirit to me, and I do channel um, Native American um, elders, and we work with the Navajo Wind Talkers for light language. And Pixie Lighthorse, when I enter her space, she is of in this lifetime native um, bloodline. And um, I think she said it's Choctaw. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it is out of Oklahoma. And um, I felt like all these Native American elders coming in when I started channeling that deck. And right at the halfway point, at the card number 22, um, I always set sacred space. I always invite in the, the guides that want to work with me on a particular project, regardless of what the project is. Just like Tessa Locke that we're going to read about, you know, we get those guides coming through. And I started getting um, Native American elders. First, they just told me their, their tribes, you know, who they were, what tribes they were with. And the Navajo Wind Talkers were there. We're going to have a card for them. I'm really excited about that. And halfway through the deck, it was so interesting. Right at card number 22, I got three. I'm telling you these things either come in twos or threes. I got three Native American elders who came through very strongly and wanted me to create a card for each one of them. And they didn't really want me to focus on, so these are metaphors here too, because you know that these podcasts are all about the metaphors, but they didn't want me to focus on the past, like who they were in their lifetime as a Native American elder. They wanted me to focus on their energy of that incarnation, um, which is what came through in the card. So I asked them, I'm like, well then pick an image for yourself. You know, they didn't want me to post like, go find some old picture of them, you know, that was taken in the 1800s by somebody. They wanted me to post their energy as a picture or as a totem or whatever. Um, and to sit with that energy. Um, so they picked their own pictures. They obviously channeled in what was on the card for each one of them. And then they were like, okay, now just slow down and sit with us. Like, I was like, oh, I could finish this whole deck right now. And they're like, well, what, do you, why, what is the rush? Why do you feel like you have to like rush through it? I'm like, because when I don't rush through it, then I sometimes lose momentum. And they're like, but you don't honor the journey when you do that. You're just, again, a metaphor, right? For you just rushing to the end point, which is... The deck's done and now you just want to order a physical copy. And I'm like, oh, you guys are killing me with the metaphors. So it's true because there's many things that I'm trying to manifest where I'm like, can we just get through this waiting part and just get to the physical manifestation of this of this thing? And they're like, but you're missing out on all the good stuff. And they're like, can you just, this weekend, they, they said for this weekend, can you just not make, st stop making the deck and just sit with us, the guides of the deck, and just like feel what it feels like to be in this energy. And I was like, okay, I think you can do that. <laughs> I think you can do that. So I did. I've been true to that. I told them I would not do any more cards until the beginning of the week. Um, and just sitting in this space and seeing what else comes through, which is all part of 
the process itself, any magical creation you make, any of the books that I write, which by the way, all of them are free to read on ebook. For those of you that are new and don't know, um, that link is in the show notes, like my smash for smash merge page. Um, it's the EPUB file, or you can go wherever Apple books, Google books, Barnes and Nobles. They're all free. The eBooks are all free to read there. Um, some of you are wondering, I think there are paper books. I have showed paper books, paper books. There are paper books. I'm getting excited. There are paper books. I think this is the energy this week coming up. I'm getting excited. I think the wheel is turning. Um, and we're coming out of a little bit of this, um, integration of all the stuff that came up with the eclipse a few days back, but there are paperbacks. They are on Amazon and I need to add them back to Barnes and Noble. Spirit showing me all my unfinished projects that have to be updated. Like I'm updating my website and all of that with all of this good stuff, but there are paperbacks. Soon I'll be offering signed copies and all of that goodness. It's just happening a little bit at a time. Like I can't do all these different projects at once. So get excited about your creations, but don't rush through them. Just sit in their energy for a little bit. Just like I'm sitting in the energy of this story, which I want to bring to you now as I go find it. Um, not rushing through the Spirit Guides of Tessa Locke, because I do like when I write books too, sometimes I'm like, I just want to get to the end of the story. I want to find out what happens. And they're like, okay, well, unbeknownst to you, we're leading you this is what happens when I channel these. It's like, we're leading you on a journey. We're leading your readers and your listeners and all of that on a journey as well. And there's no need to rush through it. There's no need to rush through it. It's just enjoy, enjoy the process. Enjoy what's coming out of it. So with that being said, we're going to read these two chapters. They're going to be two chapters at a time. Eventually, these do become books, so all the stories that are part of the energy story updates on the podcast do become ebooks. They're just ebooks right now. Eventually, I will compile them into paperback books. I was very surprised, though. Um, Grant, gosh, I don't really, I haven't really followed him as much as I had been a few months back or a month or so back. But he did post a poll because he, I think. He's very into writing and reading and all that and storytelling. But he posted a poll on his Instagram and he said, you know, what book format do you use the most, paperback or ebook? And he got like 29% ebook and 70 something percent um, paperback, which really surprised me because I felt like more people were into the ebooks. At least me being kind of somewhat minimalist. I don't like so much like clutter all around. I tend not to buy too many physical like books and cards and all that. But um, that surprised me. So I was like, okay, maybe I need to like get more of these back into paperback um, and put them out there as well. So anyway, just, just saying. Okay, so let's get into All Paths Lead Home. Last we left off, Dartmoor was returning to the scene of um, a birthday party. It was a place that she had been before where her old lost past lover um, had tried to take her seal skin that he had stolen from her and sell it to some rich guy who wanted it for his collection of magical items. And Dartmoor, 
who had just swam up out of the sea and gotten this strange note that she was being watched, <clears throat> had um, gone to Dartmoor, the place, to this party to basically, it looks like, seek revenge <clears throat> on this person. And when we left off last story time last Sunday, we didn't really know who the person was. We didn't know what she was going to do. And again, in this episode, um, as you'll see in the thumbnail, which I channeled before I started recording this, um, we were calling it, Spirit and I were calling it Patience and Revenge. I think we've already talked about the patience part. I don't know where the revenge, I kind of know where the revenge is coming in, but let's just read this and see what else comes out. What else Spirit wants to focus on for this coming um, time period between now and the next podcast. So here we have, hold on, <laughs> chapter 13, The Sea. Dartmoor moved quickly in the shadows. She didn't really need light to see what she was doing as she had her senses keen and knowing to guide the way. The darkness had snuck in around her and the setting sun had slipped quietly under the horizon. She must make haste if she were to get into the party and reach her target before nightfall. Right now, she had the magic of the twilight to guide her. Her hand tensed around her bag, and she reminded herself to breathe and relax. This was a solo mission, and she would just have to accept it. No one was going to swoop in now and help her out. Why did she always feel like she had to go it alone? Oh yeah, right. Mortals only wanted her for what she could offer to them, and her skin and her heart were not for sale. So she had toughened up and made a vow to just go it alone. The walrus spoke into her mind again. Dartmoor, what are you doing right now? He said in a tone that always made her know it was him. She didn't want to answer back right now. She was trying to concentrate on Brian. Yes, the same Brian who had some years ago tried to buy her very being for some paltry sums of cash. The same Brian that, unbeknownst to her, had fallen for some girl at some random party and had decided to pledge his heart to another, although even those moves were somewhat suspect. Penelope was brushing her hair before the full-length mirror, the same full-length mirror that Brian had purchased from the castle of one Mr. Percy Vanderholt, although he never went by that name in the magical realms. In the magical realms, he was Neil, the Mesheba, a dark and wizardly cat of epic proportions that was known for helping wayward souls work their own magic. But in order to get to those magical realms, Neil needed the mirror. Penelope had no idea the lengths that Brian had gone in order to trick Neil, a.k.a. Percy Vanderbilt, out of his mirror, but that had to be told at another time. For the party was to start, and apparently Brian was being sought by more than one magical creature tonight who wanted to make him pay. Percy Vanderholt moved stealthily along the top of the roof. He could have been more stealthy in his Mesheba form, but that would soon be relegated back to him once Brian paid for his misdeeds. Dartmoor stopped in her tracks. Someone was coming, and she did not want to be recognized. Although she was sure that Brian had never really seen her, 
She didn't want to take any chances. She ducked inside the nearest room and found herself in what appeared to be a library. She didn't like to read books, so nothing, not even the vintage copy of How to Tame Your Dragon, spoke to her from its gilded stand, a rare volume that Brian had paid handsomely for in order to procure it from its owner, Merlin the Wise One. Yes, this home was the place of the dreams and magic of many folk, many who had been tricked of their wares by Brian, posing as some sort of magical aficionado or purveyor of secret treasures. But why, reader, do we go to such lengths to show you these indiscretions? When one feels as if they have lost the very core of themselves to another, then the magic appears to be held in the object, and the ire of the one who came and took the magical object away becomes the subject of something that needn't be. The magic remains in the soul, and no object is ever really needed. But those are soul lessons to be learned now, aren't they? Oh, there's so much there, you guys. I think that might become an episode of something else. I'm not sure. Dartmoor moved out onto the back terrace from the library where she could hear laughter and glasses clinking together. She heard the voice of her would-be captor, Brian, toasting something about an engagement. And she saw who we know to be Penelope Von Winslow in her diamond-studded glory, hugging Brian for what seemed like an eternity. She wasn't letting go of her man. Dartmoor would have to deal with her first, but before she could figure out how, her attention was drawn to the roof. Something was up there, or someone was up there moving about, and Dartmoor could feel their intentions. They were focused on Brian, too. What was going on here? She had to find out. Oh my gosh, what? There's so many, so many guides and so much coming in here. So I do, before I go on to the next chapter, I do want to read about the Meshiva. Because for those of you that have listened for a while, you know, I have a list of magical guides and companions um, that came to me through these little spirit guide auctions that I've talked about before. Um, They're all um, energetically kind of bound to me and we work with them. We haven't really been working with them, so we're working with them now in this book series. But I did want to read about the Meshiba because I have all the little descriptions um, from when I got them. So we have the Meshiba coming up. And the Meshiba is a fiery, magical cat-type wizard. They are incredible magic workers and will assist you as a familiar in this life and beyond. They come in a variety of different flames and personalities and are a real treasure. They appear to be a cat made entirely of flames, but are in fact wizards that carry powerful fire elemental and feline energy. So that is our Meshiba, who in this story is coming through as Percy. Ah, Percy. Neil the Meshiba, Percy Vanderbilt. So Neil the Meshiba and Dartmoor somehow are now after Brian. And Brian had gotten Neil's mirror, so now Neil feels like he can no longer transform into his cat wizard form, his flame cat wizard. And Dartmoor, even though she now has possession of her skin again, just feels like she has to get back at Brian for whatever reason, <laughs> there's this revenge plots going on again, which if you t- 
totally realized by now that revenge is a lower energy and what the guides are trying to say in that um, little kind of where they went off again like reader why do we go to such lengths to show you these indiscretions because they're trying to say that any indiscretion regardless of what it is like you're putting you're you're putting all your energy into that and the, the the getting back aspect of it when in reality like nothing was taken from you you have your magic all along you hold it in your heart in your soul and no matter what was taken from you even if it was an, a, I'm hearing an affair of the heart, even if it was an affair of the heart, even if you feel like your soul has been um, misguided by someone, that all can be forgiven in the light of love. Nothing ever truly is taken from you. And none of your magic is ever really given to anyone else. Like you maintain that yourself. You can't give that away. Oh, okay. So we leave Dartmoor now and we move on to chapter 14. I told you Rutger was going to be coming back. I could feel him coming back. So let's see what's going on with Rutger. And we're hoping that he makes his tall ship's cruise with Jenna. But how he gets to that point, it's all being divinely guided, friends. So let's see what's happening next with chapter 14, The River. Rutger woke quickly as he thought he heard something around him. But upon further inspection, it appeared to be nothing more than a pixie drying her wings around the embers of his almost dying campfire. How long had he been asleep, he wondered. It felt like years, but when he checked his watch, it had only been a few hours since he had made the fire, seen the three figures, and then was lulled into a fitful, dream-filled sleep. <clears throat> he needed to get going was his initial thought but it just felt so good here in this space and around this place that it was hard for him to get moving. Fairylands always have that effect on the regular folk of the world, some never leaving them in order to stay and experience the magic of the glen or the glade for all eternity. But Rutger felt something calling him back home. It was a strange pulling at his heart space and an even weirder feeling that he was supposed to pop round to Jenna's place to try and say hello. Why in the heck would he want to do that? She had clearly broken up with him. But the pulling on his heart felt even stronger, and the three beings who had so strangely lulled him into this space were now nowhere to be found. The raft bobbed softly on the water, and Rutger got up to fetch the pack that had been gifted to him. The oldest tree gave a sideways glance to the younger tree, who helped to guard the space in a kind of, I know what's coming next look, and the younger tree smiled. Their work here was done. They had successfully lulled another lone wolf traveler into deep contemplation and soul exploration by just being themselves. The green leaves and the roots helping to pull the cloudy residue of modern life from dear Rutger so he could hear the callings of his heart again. Oh, you guys, magic! Rudker pulled a coffee mug and a bag of mugwort leaves from the satchel. The label on the bag saying, Brew me over an open fire and drink me to see. What did that mean, Rudker thought, as he did what was guided, and scooped a few hatfuls of water from the sacred river, and tossing in a handful of the mugwort leaves, proceeded to brew the magical blend. He did know what he would, he didn't know what he would see after he drank the tea. But everything else so far in this journey had been helping him, 
so he decided to drink the brew. Nothing on first sip. Why did mortals always want the quick fix? The magical leaves thought to themselves as their aura and magic downloaded slowly into his consciousness. They had work to do. Rutger finished the tea and placed the mug in the bag. He stomped out the rest of the fire and cleaned up the camp space, leaving it tidy and new for anyone else who might come along. What a good lad, the older tree thought, as he watched Rutger right the small boat and paddle away. Oh, you guys. I don't know. Oh, my God. Okay. So, in morning twilight or early dawn, I channeled that this morning. When I woke up, I was all worried yesterday because you never you never have to worry. Okay, so yesterday I was all like, I have no chapters. I haven't done any writing. I've been focused on oracle cards and websites and all that. And so this morning, spirit nicely woke me up at 5.30 or whatever. And I felt like, okay, I'm good. And I could feel the downloads of the story coming through. And I'm like, okay, it's time to write my chapters. And I did. And I loved how... Um, okay, you guys... Um, maybe if you've been with me a while, you kind of know how I work here, but I'm like, this is like 24 seven. I'm not living in this. Yes, I am 24 seven. I'm living in this magical realm. I do have to say that I do see things from this perspective when I, I'm going to get emotional when I see a tree, I connect with it as if it were a friend and I, I feel its consciousness and who it is when I I don't have the mugwort leaves yet. We're going to plant the mugwort seeds this week. We're planting the mugwort seeds. But when I feel the mugwort or when I work with mugwort, like I, I speak to its consciousness. Like, who is it? What does it have to teach me? What, why is it here? I, everything is, is, that's living like that is a sentient being of some sort and has, if you choose to engage with it, magic to share with you. So yesterday, I was embroiled in a fiery discussion with my partner, and he says, you just live like your head is somewhere else in the clouds, like you're living in some magic realm somewhere, and I'm like, because he's not awake, okay, I would want to talk about him too much, but he's not awakened really at all to this, like he has psychic senses that he can use his intuition a little bit, but he's done no healing work, or like nothing, no work on himself whatsoever, okay, that's a whole other story about mismatched energy, we're not going to go there right now. But he said that, and I was like, oh, you're <laughs> lately, I just say like, oh, yeah, you're right. Because he's like, you just live in this magical realm where you just think everything's hunky-dory, and you just live in your head. And I was like, yes, I do. And it's so great in here. Um, because that is, that is what happens when you start to awaken um, to who you really are, the truth of who you are, what's around you. Now, you can go down some rabbit holes. So I'm, I'm speaking to... Um, I work in the higher realms. I work with the higher light. I am a truth seeker to some extent, but I don't go down the rabbit holes of conspiracy theory and um, some of the 3D folks that other whistleblowers and stuff and people are working on. Not that that's not important and that's their soul mission and their soul work. Like I'm not downplaying any of that. That's just not my path and that's not my journey. Um, so when I, like what feels good to me and what feels happy to me is kind of the... I'll call it a mind space for lack of a better way of putting it, but the mind space I used to be in when I was younger, when I was a kid, um, I can remember like walking to school and like crunching through the leaves and sitting with the trees and, 
and seeing magical beings in my mind's eye. And that's what made me happy. That was the space that made me feel the, the closest to the essence, the true essence of my soul. That's my soul. And so I feel like now I've come back to that, that kind of childlike feeling of like everything around me is magical. Nature is magical. Beings are magical. <laughs> you know, I like to talk to the fairies and all of that. And so, yeah, I do live in that realm. Of course, I know how to be in 3D reality. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, I know how to like do all that. But my soul feels happiest when it's like channeling and working with magical beings and all of that. So there's nothing wrong with that. And so this may be coming up for a reason as some of you are starting to awaken to who you truly are. You may get pushback from those around you. And I've had so much pushback over the past two or three years from people that have told me that my path is wrong, that I'm, you know, dealing, that I'm the devil incarnate and all these things like born again Christians, you know, just don't, don't understand it, but I'm not going to go there. But they were part of my path. They were a big teaching to me to stand up for who I truly am and to not let anybody um, like push their truth on me because that's their truth. So I'm not judging who they are. That's their truth. That's what they believe to be true for them. But I didn't want that truth. That's not me. And that was not who I am. So be very careful when, especially people who work passive aggressively, um, because my partner tends to work passive aggressive. He will like say something kind of like in a sarcastic, trying to sound like he's being funny way. And right away, my inner, like my, my being picks up on the fact that, that that's not the true intention of what that is. So you may be starting to feel that with people around you. It's not, it could not just necessarily be your partner. It could be your friends. It could be coworkers. I don't know what you, you've got around you. You're being sent your soul is sending you people to come back to you and work with you for a reason. Like karmic stuff has to be cleared up. You're starting to realize, oh, certain people don't vibe with me anymore. I can feel like they may be saying one thing, but I know in my heart, my body feels like it means something else that doesn't feel good to me. And I no longer am an energetic match to these people. And so I must, because I choose to live in my own truth, vibe high, and do what's right for me, in, in essence, eventually these people will fall away. Either you will do something to change your reality so that they are removed from your reality in some way, shape, or form, or if you don't, <laughs> because you can't find the wherewithal to do it or you don't know how then spirit's going to help you do that in some way shape or form it could be different for all of you so I was shown in the cards this morning when I drew cards that were coming out of the energy of um kind of conflicting thoughts and emotions and conflict happening around us and um oh my god holy crap Oh my God, where are your parents? There's a baby deer. It's so freaking small. Oh my God, what are you doing? Oh my God, it's right here in front of me. You guys, it's so tiny. It's like the size of a cat. Oh, it's drinking water out of the stream. But this looks like a baby baby. Oh my gosh, I don't know how old they have to be before they can wander away from their parents. Oh, please don't tell me the parents died. I live around a really busy road. Oh, baby, go back home. There's plenty of other adult deer, like maybe 
50 yards away. Oh my gosh. Okay, do you guys just say prayer for this little baby? That it, oh my god, I have to get a picture of it. Hold on. I don't know if I can take pictures and podcasts at the same time, but we're gonna try it. Come on, phone. Oh my god, this little deer is so tiny. Oh baby, you're so small. I swear you guys, if you could see it, it's the size of like a chihuahua. Oh my god, but it just came up was sleeping that little space. Okay, it's eating something. It's okay, baby. It got scared, it saw me. It's okay. Alright, super cute. See, I was just talking about living in magical spaces. Okay, so I just have to ask it if it's okay. Okay, so I was really concerned. So it's saying it's okay that its mother is around somewhere. I sure hope so. Go home. Okay, so it wants to explore. (laughs) Okay, so I don't want to scare it, so I'm just going to sit here quietly. Make sure I'm still recording. We're going on 36 minutes. So I'm just going to quietly end the podcast, because it is just like a statue now staring at me. Okay, there. It didn't even finish chewing what it had in its mouth. It's okay, baby. Cool. I don't like them to startle too much because the road is just like maybe two football fields. Oh, shit. It's coming over here. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is crazy. This is like Bambi in its finest form. Okay, guys. You need to go out into nature and enjoy. This is like so cool. I have no idea what this deer is doing. It looks like it's going to the back. Okay. I'm going to end the podcast now. When all of that talk, it all comes back to how cool and beautiful nature is. Oh, little baby. Okay. So I want to thank you all so much for joining me here. We will see you all again soon on the next podcast episode. Take care. This episode has been brought to you by Mugwort Mavens. You know who you are. All those not-so-normal people out there who just are a little bit more magical than some of our other worldly folks. Mugwort Mavens is here to support you with whatever your magical needs are, be it a sprig of mugwort, a mandrake root, or a blessed belladonna flower. Come to Mugwort Mavens for your magical needs.